But wait, there's more. Um, more closure while I finish out the rest of the season. Like I said, these mixtapes take uh, the longest. I, I don't have any real real way um, to compress the, the audio in the way that I do these. Um, and so um, each, each mixtape takes quite a bit of time um, to post. So in, um, in the absolute amazement um, that the subscription still has not ended, um, it's, uh, like I said, a, a monthly subscription, which I, I freaking hate, um, and I've invested so much into it that at this point it's like, you know, um, it just is what it is, but after, after the subscription ends, you guys have, um, I, I'm not actually sure what the exact amount of time is, but it seems like anywhere between, like, four and six weeks, um, before the series disappears from all those platforms. Um, in that time, like I said, um, there could be a possibility that I, I am, um, back, back into the grind of things, and if there's any kind of, uh, reason or message that needs to be sent, um, of course, that means that this, um, that this platform will remain open, um, but right now I am, I am, um, very considerably looking forward to that four to six week hiatus, um, and just kind of being off the grid, um, as much as I can while I, while I, you know, try to look for more gigs that are, um, you know, um, dance, dance oriented rather than, um, you know, like top 40 open format. I really don't like, um, having to do those things, but just being a DJ in itself is a blessing. I do want to focus on my projects, my albums, um, knock on wood. Um, I am, I'm hoping that the total combination of, uh, you know, money that I get back from, from letting go of my FLX6 and my NPC Studio Black, which is a fine, um, you know, they're, they're fine tools, but not necessarily helping me to grow anymore, not helping me in my growth and my creativity. I'm hoping that between that and my audio interface and just kind of getting rid of everything, I can maybe afford like the cheapest, um, synth. Most, most synths that I'm looking at are like in the, in the thousands or, you know, just under a thousand, but maybe I can find some kind of, um, new school hybrid, um, or even like an old, you know, like I've been, um, I've been looking into like old drum machines. Like I really want uh, a Roland TR. Um, I think it's the 909. I want 808. But those things are like more vintage now, and because they're so iconic, um, they can be a little bit harder, even harder to get a hold of. Um, you know, where whereas um, they they were even like a couple hundred dollars when they came out. You know, and that was a lot at the time. And now, um, you know, they're vintage. They're very iconic sounds. Um, in the industry, and so um, electronics and, and things. I was talking with, uh, you know, a friend, a former bandmate, I guess, um, about, like, the the accessibility in certain cultures to certain music, and I was researching, like, Daft Punk, um, just because Daft Punk is, of course, uh, is, of course, iconic, and kind of was one of those uh, pioneers in, like, turning, turning, like, the underground um, electronic scene into like electronica music that was more like pop oriented and 
and uh, very much uh, marketable in the sense that you know now EDM is which is something that even in the music in the very early music industry was not something that anybody ever really foresaw um, it you know nobody really ever saw like the corporate world um, getting their hands into it and now at the and you know in this time in this day and age it's very much monopolized um, you know it's very much um, about selling tickets and it's very much um, open to anybody that's that has the money um, you know, so that being said, it's more about like as much as I just want to put out projects and put out projects, I also do want it to have like a very unique, specific sound. There are certain um, themes, like I write my albums in concepts. Um, so, so making a concept album, making sure that it flows, you know, or is gapless or does tell a story in a certain way, uh, you know, um, considers a lot of time and, and preparation. And I don't want to just like put things out there to put things out there. Um, just because that's that's the way to do it. Because to me, it's not. Um, I think that having the having the focus and the also the the right sound for it. Um, you know, so just being able to focus on those things, I'm very much looking forward to. Um, you know, um, in the future, I do plan to re- uh, replace my, you know, my my FLX six. Um, I do want something more like a DDJ one thousand or something like that. Or um, so just something closer to the to the club standard, so that I can have more of those um, those those um, you know club standard features. Even if I don't have the privilege or the the opportunity to play, um, you know, in EDM or in dance music or in rave culture, just because it's very vanity oriented. And like I said, I'm just not, you know, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, necessarily marketable or not necessarily what they're looking for, and that's okay. Uh, I'm definitely like um, I'm coming to grips with the way that I look and the way that I, you know, um, <laughs> that girl, that girl that called me octopusy, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I run around in harem pants, um, <laughs> you know, um, with my hair braided and with a hat on my head. Um, I'm just now in the process of taking up my my natural dreadlocks, um, you know, that and you know just being. Um, normal again. I've 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 lived under this, um, you know, kind of character building um, sequence in my life where it's just like you know this is what Super Cree is or this is what Sunny Blue is, and so a kind of being a method um, a method writer in that way. Um, not necessarily being an actor or actress because. Um, I also believe in that acting is reacting, you know, and so like my my acting chops, I guess, or my acting backgrounds comes from more of like a place of reality. Um, And though I've tried, I've thought about trying my hand in like musical theater just because it is flourishing in the environment that I'm in. I don't necessarily still I still feel very out of place in 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 returning to that world and into theater. Um, and and playing a, like a certain part, um, or or having to go through that that process of being um, somebody else's idea of something because I'm still not uh, I'm still not you know probably gonna end up playing the parts that I've always wanted to. Um, I I've been thinking about the story about how when I was a kid I didn't really understand typecasting um, at all, and I auditioned for this theater company in Utah. Um, that has a really good reputation, you know, and I ended up attending the high school um, attached to it, you know, not too long after this, but as a kid, I didn't really understand typecasting, and I also didn't understand the scale of their productions, that they're very high quality, um, and so I went, and I I, um, I auditioned for the role 
of the main character in 42nd Street, <laughs> which I didn't understand at all, like why, of course, they wouldn't pick me. Um, but I didn't understand typecasting at the time. And I, I, I have told this story is that my, my dislodging myself from theater or wanting to be in the entertainment industry at all um, before I went a completely separate way, um, you know, and, and, and tried to study something that was like more based in logic and more adult and more, you know, so, so people would be more accepting or, you know, so, so, that, it, so that what I was studying had more reality. Um, the thing that made me leave theater is just because I, I had this little, I had this teacher, um, you know, at AMDA that was like, you're a heavyset black woman, like you're never going to play the lead role. You're always going to be the slave. You're always going to be the maid. Um, and he said it a lot more sassy, tiny little gay man, maybe three feet tall, um, um, incredible dancer. Um, but, you know, he was like, I'm just being real with you. You're heavyset black. You know, you're always going to play the slave. You're always going to play the maid or the funny best friend if you're lucky. Um, and, you know, that does happen to uh, a lot of people in, in theater. I know it's getting to be a lot more diverse and a lot more um, open um, just because the world is so ever expanding. And by the way, I do not do this show for attention um, because if anything, the attention that I get from it is 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 overwhelmingly negative at times um it's not necessarily supplementary to my income at all in fact it costs me money i don't do this for any kind of attention or crying wolf or, or asking for help um because it's more of an expansion of consciousness and just feeling like it's it's more of a duty of what i have to do something needs to be said something needs to be heard and i'm not even necessarily um clear about that message all the time but um you know things have been working out to to be more more clear um you know i've i've talked about my issues with my roommates and these fights i've talked about um the lessons that are coming from the people that i'm meeting and they are very lesson heavy um you know i think um the under the underwriting theme in in the relationship that i had with my last roommate was like colonization how it's kind of shitty and wrong for somebody to come in and just be obnoxious and say like oh i don't speak your language but you can speak mine so we're gonna speak my language and we're gonna listen to my music and we're gonna um you know i'm uh like and you know my land is your land but it's like you're not being respectful of the the fact that this is my um this you know this was my sacred space before you came here um i've had a lot of that um like recognition of like the dangers and the damages of colonization which i just now think are being like turned back in a you know in an overwhelmingly um colonized society you know i've talked about um like kind of the the uniform, the, the uniformness of colonization. Everybody has the same wife. Everybody wants the same cars, same houses. Everybody's competitive on that level because that's, that's the way that it is. Everybody looks the same. Everybody talks the same. Everybody does the same. And it only becomes competitive uh, when one person um, pulls, pulls further ahead than another. Well, now I have to have what he has because I, I want that. You know, I have, to ha I have to have a wife that looks better than his because his wife looks like that, you know. Um, and, and things that is, you know, very, very misogynistic, very, very toxic culture. Um, I talked about my, my time at the Airbnb um, before I got to, you know, um, my multiple, multiple stops along this journey. Um, having that, having that 
weird host that was kind of like uh <laughs> he was like borderline racist but like oh you know black lives matter but like let me tell you about how i'm a member of this top race and i'm like okay and he's like white people suck but also we run everything and we're the strongest most powerful most deadly thing and i'm like okay fuck you like a white white and i was like okay dude like fuck off like i don't want to hear about this it almost seems like you're saying this to like damage me you know in a certain way um but yeah that was that was kind of like a lesson and just like you know um he was very he, he was very almost like anti-indigenous and i'm like this is my sacred space and i'm like well these this entire country was once you know sacred lands you know this is very you know a very um overwhelming time for me as like an indigenous person with indigenous history and just kind of having this residual memory of of this ancestral memory of this this very kind of brutal very violent overtaking of everything and uniformity that has caused this inequality that's caused this like okay like you know um that's caused this divide between you know the people that came and conquered and they have this they have the old money or they have the family or they have the stability or foundation um you know not to say not to say that you know there isn't a a large majority of hard-working um you know under underclass um or middle class or low class or at poverty level um you know um I, I don't even like colorizing it because at this point it's not about color. It's more about like what do you got and um, you know what do you have. I'm in a very money driven society. Um, but that being said, I'll just get back on the subject of music because um, music is the thing that drives me. Um, you know, it's not really at this point about making money. Like I said, maybe I'll find some kind of um, equipment that I need. I my my studio black is fine, but I. Um, I started my my life as a musician playing piano, so I think that like when it comes to programming MIDI or even drum sequencing, something that and that's what I got it for was drum sequencing, but it's not working in the same way that I want it to. I really miss my push, um, you know. I I wish it, you know that that was another lesson, like I did not have the money to bring my Ableton push back um, to the U.S. and so I I left it with somebody who I thought was a friend, but then. Um, you know, that, that person tried to like blackmail me and be like, well, you're going to pay me for this. And I'm like, that's like the, I could get another one for that. And he's like, exactly. And I was like, the fuck? Like, like, okay, whatever. Um, you know, and so that it's just been lessons on lessons. I'm, I'm constantly learning, um, and never really having been at peace, but still having this kind of, um, this, um, disbelief that um that things can change you know that we can live in like a better a better society um and i think that this series is part of that because it's definitely um you know it pays off when it does but for the most part it it is just like a a very stressful um you know undertaking i do feel like it's a duty at sometimes that you know some things are being said that are very important um which is why i think that it has the following that it does on all of the platforms um that it does um i yeah i'm not i'm not really sure i think that i'm just kind of ready to like be uh, be one with my ableton i'm gonna miss making mix mixtapes um and it's kind of gonna be frustrating i think to not not necessarily have a um not necessarily even have like something to mix with because the coolest thing about music making lately has been like making something and then testing it in my mixes um so a lot of things that you are hearing 
um, you know, are sometimes um, things that I'm working on, you know, things that have not been released at all. Um, I did finally do a release of Hello, You Beautiful Beautiful Human. Um, that is on, that's on like most major, major platforms. But like I said, I'm not really focusing on music in a way um, that, that, you know, I'm not really focusing on music competitively right now. Um, just because it is too like financially competitive, um, and I don't I don't like the pyramid scheming of like well if you buy this you can buy that and then if you buy that like everything's a subscription you're gonna like if you can't buy things outright you're gonna end up paying way more for it so just realizing you know like oh I could have paid you know I could have paid like what I don't know a hundred and something two hundred dollars for Serato Suite but I've paid. $15 a month for like two years so it, it you know it doesn't fucking make sense to keep doing it unless I can just buy something outright um you know same reason same reason I'm not gonna get a car on credit same reason I'm not gonna buy a hoopty because I'm gonna end up putting more into it than I'm gonna get out I'm gonna end up putting more in maintenance than I have um you know than I than um than I have reliability or st stability with it um Let's see, anything else? What else? Oh, just lessons on lessons, you know? I'm always learning, I'm always growing. Um, I, I am, I'm growing a lot through this series and, and through experimentation and through, you know, meeting people and, and seeing um, how some of my ideas, which can seem crazier, are just theories, um, are represented in the material world or represented, have been represented um, throughout humanity for thousands of years in esoterics, you know? Um, so that, you know, is always kind of like a reaffirmation of the, uh, the belief that I am on the right path, that I am on the right track, and that eventually it means something, you know, um, that I'm in eventually that I'm doing something that, that is like bettering, um, you know, myself, bettering, you know, society, um, and there's, you know, and that, I guess that also brings the, the danger to it, <laughs> uh, in a way that's like, yeah, um, this the way that society is is benefiting a lot of people and it's benefiting a lot of people by the billions of dollars you know the way that it is or this american dream the idea that like anybody can hit it rich you know that the idea of the lottery or that it's it's just a strike of luck um and i don't believe that i don't actually necessarily believe that about like fame or fortune um you know or being wealthy i do believe in manifestation you know um, but like I said, energy has its, its various properties. And so energy is going to go where it, um, you know, where it fills in blank spaces and where it needs to be. Um, and so it's not, um, even though this generation was kind of built in the, everybody is special. Everybody gets a trophy. Um, you know, you can, you can be whatever you want to be. Um, those, those things require everybody in your actual perception, like everybody in your world believing that. Um, so, like, if you think you're going to be famous, you need to be around a bunch of people that believe you're going to be famous and support that. Otherwise, you know, if it's if it's you against the world, it's always going to be you against the world. Um, you know, um, that's that's just how it is. Like, that's you just can't um, you just can't let people always know what you're doing. You can't let people always know what you're thinking. Um, and though honesty, I do believe is the best policy. I really, really do. That being open and honest, um, you know, is, is always going to be the best thing for any person to be. I've realized that we, we have kind of built a society that's so like, that sometimes it's safer when you're lying and that's sad, you know, or that we train children to, to be able to, that we train children to like, 
uh, to, you know, to be deceiving and lying and deception and manipulation. And it's very much, um, it's very much driven in, in our music and the way that we create and the way that we're predictively programming our, our um, mass society, our, our massively growing overpopulated society. Um, you know, and that's, you know, not, not to say anything one way or another, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, not even one of those things I hope to change. It's just understanding that now um, that it is levels and that in a certain sense you are playing a game. Um, and so just kind of figuring out how to, you know, how to beat the system or how to, how to win or is there cheat codes? Um, of course there are, you know, but the, like how, how good are you going to feel, you know? How good are you going to feel if you know that you got it by cheating and, and then I'll always, you know, the way that energy moves is that if something comes easy, there's going to be hardship that comes from it. If something that comes, co- something that comes too easy always comes with a price. Um, you know, something that comes too, too, if it's too good to be true, then it is. I don't like to lean too much into that, that, oh, if it's too good to be true, then it is. Because some things are just good and you have to accept it. And that's, that's amazing, you know. Um, I still like to believe in good people, even though that, that, um, that has tended to kick my ass, um, especially recently, you know, and just thinking that like something could be free when it's very much not. And whether whether or not you're paying in money, you might be paying in time, you might be paying in um, unwanted touches, you might be paying in, you know, you might be paying in an energy that's not necessarily helping you. Um, So unfortunately, these days, um, like I do actually believe that the best things in life are free, that the most, um, the, the most tasty mangoes fall off the tree, you know, um, the right, the right thing ends up in your hands at the right time with nothing but, but, um, openness and, and a loving of the, of, and a trust of the universe. And so I still, I still do have that trust in the universe, believe it or not, with all the things that I've been through. And I understand narcissism. I understand trauma building and I understand like the way that we've kind of, um, programmed reality. Like I said, I, I do, I'm actually a strong believer in predictive programming because when you have 8 billion people on a, on a planet, um, and these, this planet is actually like, based in multidimensionality there is more um than we perceive we are just kind of trapped in the tree in the 3d in a way or most of us are um you know that not everybody has an open conscious to this uh multidimensionality and yet they exist in it um somebody called me like morpheus uh, a few times <laughs> that was a, that was just kind of like a really strange year where people were like hey do you know who morpheus is and at the time i didn't but <laughs> they're like you're like morpheus and i'm like i don't get that um, until somebody like finally broke it down to me, like explain like Morpheus is the dude that comes and like explains like hey you're like all your shit's fucked up. This is like the way reality really is, um, you know. Um, and so I'm like oh I guess. Um, and ever since then I've just kind of had this inside joke with myself that's like I hate waking people up, um, and I do it quite by accident. I can just be speaking openly. And somebody's like, what the fuck? You're blowing my mind. Like, or that's deep. And I'm like, sorry, my bad. Oops. Um, you know, so I try, um, you know, like I said, I read a lot of Robert Greene. So I try to kind of stay quiet as I can. Um, but it's weird the way that energy moves sometimes around me where I can just try to be quiet. And somebody comes up and they're like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Um, you know, that's me right now. Um, like shut the fuck up. And so that, you know, um, 
<laughs> when I try to be quiet, I can't. When I'm supposed to be quiet, I don't. Um, just because it's like I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, you know, I make a, I make a joke about it, but it's like I'm not an Illuminati baby. Like I'm not just gonna like shut up and take all this torture and get my like rewards for it and fame or fortune like it's not that's the way the program works and a lot of people are good at following it and I'm kind of jealous so I'm just like dang like you had all this torture inflicted on you and then they made you like rich and famous and you're you're happy for it because like that's the way you do it you shut the fuck up you take your fucking you know you take your your cornflakes and um I love cornflakes but Either, either way, um, that's a joke again. Like, I don't even really believe in the Illuminati, but I'm just like, yeah. Um, like, I don't I don't really believe in the sense of, of um, sitting down and shutting up just because it's like, for, for what? For him? Like, he he's not loyal to anybody but himself. Like, he wants her and her and her. And he runs the world because of it. Because, I mean, like, in, in the sense of reality, women really run the world. Um, you know, and the beautiful men that they, they, um, are the beautiful women that turn men into, into, you know, little, um, little robots, um, <laughs> you know, that, oh, yes, yes, ma'am, I do what you say, and so I, I don't, I really do believe that, like, women run the world, but from, like, the back end, you know, and, and letting the male have his ego, and letting the male have his pride, um, also just learning that, like, uh, the guise of a beautiful woman is a very powerful thing that like that, that um you know sometimes a, a woman doesn't have to do much but be beautiful um to get to get things done that being said i just watched breakfast at tiffany's for the very first time and that <laughs> opened my eyes to a lot of things that that um that movie came out in 1961 um you know and to, to me that was like I think that was probably the the beginning of like the the hot crazy um phenomenon because that fucking bitch is crazy um I've never I never saw breakfast at Tiffany's but I wanted to um I've been staying away from like modern art when I do take in any kind of entertainment or media but I immediately fell in love with Audrey Hepburn um, and I didn't know anything about her story and didn't really know anything other than that she was like the, you know, like the, the last of the golden ages, you know, like, you know, the beginning of celebrityism and, and idolism in, in the way that, you know, she, she, her first movie won, won her a bunch of Oscars or something like that. And she just went on to be this, like, um, this icon and this idol, but like, it, it was funny. I, I ended up watching a documentary about her. Um, after, because I was like, you know, uh, I wasn't just gonna rewatch um, Breakfast at Tiffany's because that shit was funny. I have never like I I I I laughed and I needed to laugh, and so I was like, oh, thank you God for this. Um, but that I was like, what am I watching? Like within the first like fifteen minutes, because I was like, yo, this like super beautiful female, this super beautiful woman is like crazy. Um, but like just drives women or drives men wild and um and I was just like that's it you know um and I've seen it happen in real life too like yo she's psycho but she's hot and sometimes I'll just take the hot over the psycho um so I don't I don't have the hotness to like um to overwhelm my psycho I'll just stick with being like quiet um you know psycho and not really have have much to say or do about it other than like just kind of pour it into my music um but yeah um i the the documentary on audrey hepburn like talked about her 
her style and her you know sense and her story um but nobody said anything about her voice which is just like that's where i melted her like she started talking and i was like wow who is this you know um and of course she was very beautiful and very very petite and very skinny um you know and i was like wow oh god you know like that's that's why girls who look like her get get by you know because they look like her you know she's amazing and um and um yeah they never mentioned anything about like just her her really gorgeous voice that i just like absolutely i don't know if it was her accent or just the way that she said words but it was very um um weirdly nostalgic and just like had this grace um in her voice so that that pretty much has nothing to do with anything other than to say that um sometimes i sometimes um having synesthesia i do fall for sounds in a certain way um or certain sounds or certain colors or certain sequences that certain sounds make like um for example i try to stay off this subject but the very first time i ever saw a dead mouse like not live um but like the the color spectrum i actually just had gone through like a selection process of like okay what what i'm i'm gonna make djing my focus my mastery um what do i need in my arsenal um because i had been talking with another dj record producer that was like hey like you can have all the music you want but if you don't own it like you know what 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 good is it to you and so um i was working at the time and i i had you know money and so i was like okay all right like if i need something in my back pocket what do i need um like what what in dance music or like do i consider staples and even though i wasn't even a listener at the time um i like i just knew that growing up in in the dance world people were like obsessed with dead mouse and i didn't ever really get it i was like is it because it's mickey mouse or something like you know and i even um i told i told the story on the kx5 episode a couple seasons back about how i grew up with this girl i used to babysit her um you know and i you know our moms were so close i ended up calling her my little cousin and she was a lot like a little sister because we we're just you know she's a few years younger than me and she went through this phase where she was like a bad girl but like a candy kid but she was like nine <laughs> no nah, she was like she was in middle school so you know and she's like they call me ecstasy and by the way now she's like a bio uh she's like a i don't know she studied botany and she's like a she's a um she she grew up really well and did it really really well um so she's she's got a, like a good job and everything totally grown woman now um beautiful 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 person um <laughs> and um but yeah when she was like 11 she was like dead mouse and i was like shut the fuck up do your homework and she was like dead mouse and i'm like ah oh, shut up <laughs> you know and if you're good we'll listen to some of my music and i was like a hippie kind of like you know a stoner so i was like we're gonna listen to the beatles and what's funny is she t- she tells me still to this day she's like that's still one of my favorite you know albums is that album that you you know used to play for me and i'm just like yeah that's that's one of my favorite albums too we, but you know and later later as she grew up we bonded over raving you know we you know and it was crazy because we we're both adults and we we're just kind of in the in the world together but yeah um she 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 used to ride my ass about it and i was just never into it because it was so hype um then of course being um a dumb little skrillex fan um when they had that beef of course i like automatically it was just like 
who is this guy? Um, you know, like, fuck him. You know, I think that we, we all had the herd mentality of doing the same thing. Like, everybody just kind of took sunny side. Um, and it was like, no, you're wrong, you know. And there was, I think there was, like, even a, a, um, uh, like a year Dead Mouse didn't get, like, invited to um, EDC because he was so unpopular. And then he's just, like, this, uh, you know, kind of like the, the crab, <laughs> you know of the you know that's that's his uh that's his facade that's his mask you know that's his shield is just to have this kind of hard ass like you know dick personality but that's not at all like if you listen to dead mouse like you know how pretty he is you know you know you know how soft and sensitive um you know and that he does have like a feminine side because the first time i ever saw dead mouse like synesthetically um it was just because i went and purchased like I pr- i'm pretty much i'm sure i bought like every album off the itunes store i'm just like all the dead mouse um all the benny Benassi, um all the carl cox that i can get my hands on um you know what else I, you know all these um staples or iconic masters daft punk you know i went after the the ones that i knew that were going to be solid in my in my uh beginning repertoire um but it was crazy because the first time I, the first time i actually looked at dead mouse i can't remember what song it was but it was just like these streams of like purple and like really like and i got lost in it like i think i let the mix end on accident because i was like staring up into the dead mouse and I was like, whoa, this is pretty. Like, what the fuck? And then after that, I didn't really put it in my sets for a while um, until I met another DJ. Um, uh, uh, the, the DJ that I was actually on my way to Rome to see when I got stuck in New York City. Um, and he's, he's, you know, my grandfather was DJ. My father was DJ. I am DJ. And I'm like, that's cool. Um, you know, and just kind of like we were fucking around on my push and he knew how to do all these things that I couldn't even do with it. And I still regret I considered giving it to him just as a gift because he was so like good at it. Um, you know, but he was like, my record house gave me push. It's back in Italy in Rome. And that's when he invited me to Rome and was like, you come, you know, we, we make records. We make tech, we make techno. That's how he said it. And we make techno. Um, and you know, he was like, you must to compress your drums. And, and he's just so funny. I love this kid. I still, I still really want to go to Rome. Um, just to just to kick it with him, and he's been doing well and playing festivals and stuff too. Um, but yeah, he's um, yeah. He was like, oh, looking through my computer um, as a DJ because he was like, I'm gonna give you some stuff, blah blah. I'm gonna take some stuff from you. Here's flash drives and things. And um, he was like, oh, you play Dead Mouse. And up to that point, I didn't. It was just kind of like my guilty pleasure, and then I I left it like as my that was like my security blanket, you know, like that that like, um, you know, I still joke, but it's not a joke. Like I programmed myself to sleep to Dead Mouse, and like sometimes there are still certain songs or certain sequences that come on, and I'm just like almost out, you know, like I <laughs> I have to go to sleep now. Um, like I hypnotized myself to sleep to that because there, there I was going through a time of so much chaos and so much corruption and so much like there was really no peace at all. I was always in loud, obnoxious places um, and, and just having this like utter dysfunction of this hellish existence of not, you know, going through sleep deprivation or not having a penny to my name and having to rely on the kindness of others to eat or the kindness of others for shelter, um, you know? And so Dead Mouse was kind of my security blanket. And that, that was kind of like the turning point where I started to actually make money from DJing and, um, and Jetro. 
was like, oh, you play Dead Mouse, and I was like, I, I don't, and he was like, you play Dead Mouse, and I was like, okay, um, you know, because I just like, hey, you know, my, my father was DJ, my grandfather was DJ, I am DJ, I'm like, okay, okay, all right, um, you know, and so he's like, nice, um, you know, and he, he, um, coming from Italy, and coming from the underground techno scene there, just like, had a lot of history that I didn't know, um, you know, was, was one of the only people that, like, called me out on my Ausla tattoo, which I'm still kind of embarrassed of, and it was just like, oh, Skrillex, and I was like, no, 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 um, and he was like, yeah, um, you know, and, and gave me a whole, a whole lesson, but for the most part, it's funny, people do ask about all of my tattoos, except for that one, they get to that one, they're like, I don't have any questions for you, and I'm like, yeah, um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't have any answers, but, um, <laughs> yeah, Jethro, he, he was the one that was like, yeah, no, you, you play this in your sets. And I was like, okay, if you say so. Um, and so I started to at that point because I was kind of running out of, uh, I was running out of versatility in, in the way that my collection was kind of stagnant in that I, I really only had like three or four tracks that I had written um, and, and had been implementing into my sets. That was also the same summer where I heard for the first time my own music being played back at a festival and I, it kind of like just changed my life. Um, it was at a, at a small little, um, like a moon dance gathering in Mexico and I had just given, um, and there was a blackout, like the power, there was a power outage. Um, and so I, I just, I took the liberty, liberty of uh, going on stage um, and just handing him my, my flash drive. I was like, here, I'm a DJ. He was like, what the fuck? Go away. And I was like, I'm sorry. I, I you know, there was, there was, uh, it just seemed like a moment of opportunity. So during the blackout, I went up and I handed him my flash drive, which had all my music that I'd created at the time. Um, and maybe even a couple of my mixes. And I was like, here you go. And then he just kind of like, sh you know, um, shrugged me off cause I'm not hot. And, um, you know, it's, it's weird. The guys are so fucking, you know, um, yeah. So, um, but then a few, maybe, I don't know, I don't think it was hours later, because the power came back on, they started playing, um, but then he, like, mixed, um, my song into, into his set, um, the DJ that was playing, and so I was like, oh, you know, like, that, that's cool, that was a cool feeling, um, I, I got to keep doing this, um, and so I did, um, you know, but I've been, uh, because I come from having that, um, building that mastery from like such iconic figures from you know um, Dead Mouse and from Benny Benassi and from Carl Cox I've been a stickler about my own um, quality so if it doesn't sound up to par with like what I compare myself to and I do hit walls when it comes to like hey I was a big Skrillex fan and like uh, the technicality and the 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 frame you know, in his collection, like, I compare myself to, you know, to Sonny a lot when it comes down to, like, sound quality and precision and technicality. I compare myself to these great people in a way that sometimes I hit a wall, um, you know, and it's, it's almost the same um, thing um, as, you know, I don't like being around pretty girls because I'm not pretty, so, like, why do, why do I want to suffer this way, um, you know, um, that just kind of having, <laughs> having that, um, issue, so that, um, I don't know, I've kind of hit a wall with my production, like I said, I'm trying to, I think between, because it's all used equipment, between my audio interface, my NPC studio, and my FLX6, I might be able to, to afford a good controller and get some, some quality, pro um, um, you know, I really want a synth, 
um, but I might be able to maybe just like get by on a plug-in or something, um, which doesn't necessarily even have the same sound quality that I'm using for, or that I'm that I'm looking for that I'm that I'm wanting to use in my, um, you know, I like the bleep bloops and the really um, like uh, distorted. Like I love bass. I love bass music, and so that's what I want to encompass in all of my stories, and they are stories, you know, um, just like. L LS Dream said, I'm going to close this one out. Um, LS Dream said, um, uh, the, the word universe means one song. I don't know where that comes from because I've never really researched it, but it's on his, um, his album, um, Renegades of Light, which was one of my favorites. Um, so much of one of my favorites that it's actually been in the vault and I've just now been playing um, stuff from Renegades of Light, even though he has new stuff out. Um, you know, um, I'm very much more of a classics person. I feel that, um, and this is just my opinion, sometimes an artist's, like, original work is their best work to me, and maybe it's just because they weren't as, they weren't hit with, like, the corruption and the money and the fame, you know? They weren't hit with, like, they, they didn't get all the girls they wanted, and they, they couldn't maybe even, like me, eat the food they wanted or live in the place that they wanted. Um, and so their, their first work is, like, their, the, my most sacred, you know? This is my favorite album because it was the best. It was before, before you got famous and you got a little cocky and you got all the pussy in the world or whatever. You know, it was before, before you got, you know, tarnished um, in that way that, like, it affected your music. It affected your vibration um, to where it's not sounding the same. It might still sound good because you have the skill and the talent and the technicality and you're fucking genius, but it's not as good as when you weren't getting all that pussy. Let's just say that. Um, because you, it, it translates over in the music. Um, but, yeah, that's... Um, that's this episode. It's kind of a PS episode. Sometimes I, I think about things that I have or haven't mentioned. Um, and I'm really just trying to build this since there is such a like feedback. I'm just trying to build um, kind of a rapport with this audience, whoever you are. And, 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 and understanding that I'm coming from a solid place of just like love and devotion to music, love and devotion to like humans, um, even though people throw trash everywhere and that's gross to me. And like <laughs> just the trash problem on this planet is disgusting. Um, and I mean, like, the way that we discard people like trash, and it's very colorized, you know? Um, and it's, it's a very colorized world, and that's so, so painful to me, because I'm apparently, like, the wrong color. Um, and then there's this whole notion in the, on the other side that's like, black is beautiful, and the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. But it's like, yeah, but even, even in the, the, the music that the culture encompasses in hip-hop, in rap, we talk, we colorize. We talk about how light-skinned broads are better, or how I got three white girls, and they're trophies, because they're, they're able to compare us and keep us competing. And, you know, like, every, every four to eight years in this country, we have a race war. Um, and we call it a presidential election. And so I hate, I personally hate being in the U.S. during election time. And it's always election time. If it's not a fucking presidential election, then there's some kind of city election. If there's this, you know, and there's always this politically, very politically, um, there's always this political agenda, which I want nothing to do with at all. Um, so I, I always try to escape the states when it comes close to, like, picking our people because at the, at the end of the day it doesn't really matter those people have billions of dollars and they don't see you they own the corporations that own you and so they don't really they don't really give a fuck about you 
Um, and it does, it does open my world for a lot of, you know, um, psychological terrorism, a lot of torture. I have been hacked. I have been followed. I have been, you know, coughed at for a number of years. And it's probably because I say things like this, but at the same time, um, once you strip a person of their humanity, once you strip a person of their, their ability to use the bathroom when they want to, or speak as openly as they want to, or live indoors, once you strip a person of their availability for nutrition, that person loses part of their humanity. You've made them less human. And um, it gives society, in the way that it's built, uh, the, the opportunity as a, as a, you know, as a society to treat them less human, you know, a lot, like to a lot of people, homeless people are not people. They're just gross, nasty, like problems. But, you know, um, the our way of thinking has created this problem. So that being said, that's 43 minutes of me talking. Um, and that's like, that's the PS juncture on this. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to keep going till it's gone. Like I said, after it's, um, after, after the subscription ends, you have anywhere between like, uh, let's just call it three to six weeks to, to, um, have it be available on all the platforms on Apple Music, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or whatever. Um, so yeah, whatever whatever mode of transportation you're taking on this journey through time and space, um, I appreciate you and thank you for listening. And uh, take care. Take care. <laughs> I still don't know how to end these episodes, but this is the end.